Hey guys, I might be a little late to the party on this whole uh, all-out review thing, but I'm just now getting a chance to start recording the audio for it. It is Tuesday, September 3rd. Um, I had a pretty busy Labor Day weekend with the family, so I'm just now starting to get my thoughts up on this, but I did take notes on the pay-per-view as I was watching it so I wouldn't forget anything but anyway let's just get into it here so they started out and I mean they always do these video packages and WWE does them too but like AEW and WWE always do a really good job like production wise on these video packages to kind of hype the pay-per-view before it actually comes on and I always enjoy watching them because it's always good stuff but so I didn't I haven't gone back and watched the pre-show yet but I did watch all of the main show and so the main pay-per-view opened with SCU and I'm a, a pretty big SCU fan I like them a lot I think their shtick is great and it's not really like getting old yet even though they've been a trio for a while and they've been kind of doing the same thing but the thing is is I think is funny is only in wrestling could you call a town the worst town you've ever been in like every town you go to and still get over like baby faces I mean that's just one of the fun things about wrestling in my opinion I love that and I think it's funny and kind of ironic at the same time but they were facing the Jurassic Express and I like that name by the way um, instead of just calling the, calling them a boy and his dinosaur which I guess would have been fine too but I do like the Jurassic Express name and the beginning of the entrance with the cup of water vibrating like reminiscent of Jurassic Park and the T-Rex and stuff I thought that was cool and then the announcer saying a boy a small boy and his dinosaur made me laugh so that was funny and it was a very good tag team match and we saw Luchasaurus do like a springboard tope where he jumped up on the ropes and did a flip onto everybody on the outside so that was pretty impressive I mean all these a lot of these big guys these days like Luchasaurus and Keith Lee and uh, Donovan Dijak doing all this stuff that like people that are over six foot tall or like the weight size that they are shouldn't be able to do you shouldn't be able to do like a standing shooting star like Luchasaurus or a standing moonsault when you're like six foot eight like that's just that's just amazing but the finish came when uh kazarian picked up jungle boy setting him up for the best meltzer ever with uh christopher daniels and before he could do that though scorpio sky added marco stunt to uh his partner jungle boy and made it a double best meltzer ever and i was actually too as an aside, I was impressed with uh, Marco Stunt more than I expected to be. I mean, some of the smaller, really small guys like that are really good, and some of them, it's just kind of a gimmick, and they're kind of more of a comedy act. And 
I was glad that he, like, actually was doing legitimate stuff and, like, being a legitimate wrestler and not just trying to do comedy spots and be funny. So that was nice. And I also thought that he looks kind of like if uh, Jungle Boy had a little brother, then it would... They they almost look related to me, to be honest with you. Like, just the hair and the facial structure and stuff. It almost looks like he's his little brother. So I thought that was pretty funny. Alright, so then that led us to... Pack versus Kenny Omega. And this was a really divisive match overall. Uh, ever since they announced it, like a... 10 days in advance maybe a week in advance and some people thought that maybe this was a better match some people said they weren't interested now it just depended on the person it was a very divisive opinion on whether you wanted this match to happen right now or not but one thing really random that I didn't notice is that there's until the second match was that there's a little sidebar that pops out on people's little entrance graphic where like it says their name and stuff and it uh it actually shows their win-loss record and in singles matches and overall so i thought that was cool especially because they've been talking about how wins and losses will matter in decisions on who gets a championship match or who gets this match or whatever so i thought that was a cool thing that they added and they went on second, which was interesting, but I actually applaud it since they only had like maybe a week to promote that these guys wanted to beat the shit out of each other. So I actually think it was a good move. I think Moxley and Omega might have been like the co-main event if he hadn't gone down with the MRSA infection in his elbow. But I like that they moved it down the card since they didn't have really any time to promote it. But it was a good kind of psychological warfare type start to the match and taunting each other and uh, kind of acting like they're taking each other lightly, but they're really not. And until uh, Kenny Omega did a pescado, but... He catches the knees from Pac on the way down, and he goes back in, hits him with the missile drop kick, but he doesn't go for the pin, and I mean, he threw him into the barricade a few times, I think, and there's one line from JR I thought was funny that said, they said, well, he said, well, why isn't he going for the pin, and they told him, Excalibur and Golden Boy told him, oh, well, he's a bastard, JR, he's a bastard, and JR said, "Well, he's a dumb bastard if he doesn't go for the tur go for the pin after that." So, I laughed at that. I thought that was really funny. And then we had a huge terminator dive by Omega that looked really cool. And an insanely high moonsault from from Pack to the outside on Omega. And the finish to this match was actually really surprising, I thought, in that uh Kenny went for the one-winged angel, and Pat caught him in the brutalizer submission, like kind of like a crucifix type of submission, and 
you can see Kenny just fading, 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 and then he just passes out, and I was like, wow, that's actually surprising. I mean, Kenny Omega has lost two out of three matches. I mean, he lost to Jericho clean. He won against Shima, but now he loses against Pac. So I'm kind of starting to wonder whether it's going to be kind of a storyline of he's kind of on a losing streak overall and he's maybe doubting himself, questioning himself a little bit in his ability. I mean, in that promo, after he found out that Moxley was pulling out of the match it kind of seemed like he might have been hinting at a heel turn but I'm not sure about that so I think it was well done but I think it was a good match but it wasn't a great match it wasn't like a blow away match like oh my god it's one of the best matches I ever seen but it was a really good match Alright, so then we had our first bit of crazy craziness in this uh, pay-per-view so far, and that was the Cracker Barrel Clash. <clears throat> I did not know that they were doing it sponsored by Cracker Barrel, and I already knew it was going to be a crazy match anyway, because just the three people involved, because Darby Allen, Madman, Joey Janela, another Madman, and Jimmy Havoc, he's crazy too. So I knew it was going to be a crazy match. But So to begin, Jimmy Havoc goes outside the ring and he digs under there for a second. And he finds the staple gun immediately. And I'm like, oh, well, this is going to get super crazy. So I think he was going to staple. TT stapling one of them. And then he stapled himself and was then jumped by Joey Janela and Darby Allen, who taped him to a chair with his mouth uh, and then put thumbtacks in his mouth and taped his mouth shut. And then Darby Allen moonsaulted on top of him later on from the top turnbuckle to the outside. And so that was that was crazy. Hopefully he didn't swallow any of those because that would suck. But so... Uh, then Joey Janela later on is sitting in a chair and he gets monkey flipped but he lands still sitting perfectly in the chair you know just chilling or whatever and I thought that was a very like actually talented spot and a really cool spot and then but then the skateboard with tax came in and that was that was crazy like I've never seen somebody just straight ollie onto somebody and with thumbtacks on their skateboard into their back like that's that that's just crazy and then apparently Darby Allen apparently has a death wish I'm not sure but he did his coffin drop but with one of the cracker barrels uh on his back but uh but Jimmy Havoc or was it Joey Janela I don't remember moved out of the way and it just exploded just disintegrated this barrel and if you looked at his back it was like purple and messed up and bruised and it it looked brutal but jimmy havoc won after what i thought was 
going to be the final spot, but his foot only hit the barrel. So then he hit what he calls the acid rainmaker clothesline onto the barrel and finally broke it. And that's what ended the match. But I mean, I guess Jimmy Havoc's got to win sometime. Otherwise, he's not really going to be a credible challenger, a credible superstar for them to have if he just loses all the time. <laughs> WWE. Uh, and so I thought this was a good match for what it was. It was crazy. I mean, I expected it to be crazy going in, but it was a cra even crazier match than I thought it was going to be. So then we had what I thought was kind of a, the downer of the show and the kind of, it kind of dragged a little bit. And that was the Dark Order versus the Best Friends. I didn't think it was a bad match. I just thought it didn't really get any reaction or not really into it. I think it's mostly the Dark Order's gimmick that they're supposed to be this dark, ominous kind of group. But I don't really feel like scared of them. Like they're an actual threat, I guess. But... It was basic, you know, good tag match psychology. And the Dark Order wins with the fatality. And after the match, what what happened is they were trying to drag uh, Trent's dead carcass over to on top of the creaker uh, the creakers. The creepers and take him to the who God knows where, who knows where. But they attacked Chucky e. T, laid him out, and but then the lights turned off and Orange Cassidy appeared in the ring. And I know he's a very polarizing fee, uh, polarizing figure. God, I can't talk today. But I enjoyed it. He did a tope suicida with his hands in his pockets, which was awesome. Onto the creepers and. Here I thought creepers were from Minecraft, but I mean, apparently they're part of the Dark Order, so what are you going to do? But they hugged, all three of them hugged after the match, so it looks like he's going to be kind of helping them in their battle with the Dark Order. So that's cool, and I want to kind of see where it goes. I just wish they could be like, the Dark Order could be like more menacing, because they're not really like supposed to be like a dark character like the fiend or the undertaker but i just don't really feel that coming from them honestly so then we had hikaru shida versus riho <laughs> i wasn't really big into this match not because they didn't do a good job or anything, but because of the fact that I just don't have time to follow it. Like, I know Kenny Omega is really big on bringing, like, the Joshi talent in and stuff, but I just don't really have time to watch it, so I don't usually. But Justin Roberts announces that the winner will face... Nyla Rose on TNT for the women's title. And I thought it was funny because JR says, that's what I just said, isn't it? I laughed at that. And 
Rio, like, she's such a small girl, but, like, she's so talented. And she does all kinds of cool stuff. And I thought another moment that was funny in the match was Hikaru Shida's high-fiving people in the front row. And he, she high-fives this dude's elite foam finger, like, right off his hand in the front row. And he looked pretty upset about it. So then we had a sick-looking double foot stomp from Riho on the apron. And Riho ended up winning with like a crucifix into like a roll-up like I said good match but like I don't know much about the characters or like anything about it really all right so then we had what I thought was <coughs> one of the highlights of the night with uh, Cody versus Sean Spears. I thought Cody had a cool like Star Trek entrance. I'm not a real big Star Trek fan, but it was still cool. But his poor dog, Farrell, oh my God. I felt so bad for that dog, like the pyro went off and he looked scared out of his mind. He looked like he would rather be anywhere else except in that building right there. And I don't blame him. like. You shouldn't have done that with the dog, but it started off hot with uh, Cody hitting a tope on Spears. He didn't even wait for, like, the beginning of the match, really. And so they started brawling into the crowd and totally interfered a lot. He was a huge factor for Spears, and it was, he gave him, a, like, a Death Valley driver on the ramp, which that looked like it sucked. And finally, oh, and I forgot to mention that Cody picked uh, MJF to be his uh, person at ringside or whatever over uh, his wife Brandy and Diamond Dallas Page. But then to try and even the odds, finally Arn Anderson comes out and there's probably one of, if not the biggest pop of the night. And he gives Spears his signature spine buster, which looked great. And Cody then wins with a bionic elbow and a disaster kick into a chair. And then that led into the crossroads for the win. I don't know how him kicking a chair into his face was not a disqualification, but I mean, it wasn't, I guess. I guess it's one of those suspend your disbelief things. But I love the tease of MJF doing the heel turn on Cody. He kind of looked at the chair and looked at Cody. And then Cody turned around and he put the chair down and was like, oh, yeah, we're friends or whatever. But that heel turn is coming. And it might be when we least expect it. I think this was just a tease or like foreshadowing of things to come. So then we had what I thought was actually the craziest match of the night, which was 
the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks, the Escalera de la Muerte, which, since I know a decent amount of Spanish, actually translates to, like, Ladder of Death, but, I don't know, it would kind of be cool in English, but at the same time it sounds cooler in Spanish, but anyway... I thought the whole Young Bucks thing, Cerro Huevos, as a counter to Cerro Miedo, that was clever and funny. But as a random thing, I wish they still hung the titles up on the little bar, like, before the match and raised them up, like, while the two teams or the two people in the match looked at it and it kind of added a feeling of, like, ominousness and like oh man those are really high but that's just a personal preference but it was an insane match there's way too many cool spots to name like I don't know how these guys didn't die like how are they alive I don't understand especially like that Canadian destroyer off the ladder through the table that was insane like who does that well I guess they do, but there's so many spots, like the package pile driver by Pentagon on the ladder that didn't break, that must have sucked, but man, what a crazy, great ladder match, like, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I would definitely recommend watching it if you didn't seen it, didn't see it, that was a, that was a killer match. So then, Richard, or not Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton and JFK, I mean, LAX came in and attacked everybody after the match, and they made their choice. They decided they're going with all elite wrestling, and that's cool, and it adds to, like, a tag team division that's already super stacked. They probably have the best tag team division in wrestling right now. Just, they got the Bucks, they got the Lucha Brothers, they got best friends, they got so many teams. Like, good lord. They said they wanted to bring tag team wrestling back and they're doing it. So then we had the main event to crown the first AEW World Champion for with Adam Page versus Chris Jericho. And Adam Page came to the ring on a horse, which, I mean, goes with that cowboy shit he talks about, but pretty cool, though, coming in on a horse. I don't think I've really seen that before. And at least they didn't set up a bunch of pyro to scare the crap out of the horse, so that was nice. But then Jericho's entrance came. I love the pain, the pain maker gimmick, like kind of borrowing from Okada's Rainmaker name. Like, I just think that was such a good idea, and like it's a different persona, and Jericho reinventing himself again. Like, he's pretty good at that I would say but it was a good match and Jericho did a blade job but it was kind of obvious because the referee Aubrey Edwards like the exchange I don't know if 
like when she handed it off it didn't go right or what happened but you could obviously tell that we were like getting ready to see some blood but he bled down half his face for like the rest of the match like good blade job and a lot of lot of blood but it was a good back and forth match and Hangman, even though he lost, I still think he looked like a star and he looked like a contender. And Jericho's the first AEW champion. And Aubrey Edwards is the first woman to referee a main event world world title match. And I think a lot of people say like, oh, they're doing like WWE, they're putting it on the old guy they're putting it on all the old guys but like it was a smart move in my opinion because everybody knows pretty much who Chris Jericho is like I like Adam Page and Kenny Omega and all those guys but like those are guys that are known to like us as wrestling fans they're not people that are known to like the general public like Chris Jericho is known to like pretty much most people on this planet so I thought it was a smart move going into TV next month and to bring possibly bring some more eyes to that TNT show which they're gonna want to pop a big rating that way the network executives are like man this wrestling does really good on our channel look at this rating they got on the first show or the first couple shows so I thought it was actually a smart move. I mean, some people didn't like it, but whatever. They don't understand business, I guess, when it comes to wrestling. But that was my review of AEW's All Out show. And subscribe if you enjoyed it. And have a safe and good day.